0: Hello and welcome on to another episode of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. So we are here to discuss today uh, the NBA's plan to return uh, as we recover somewhat here from uh, the coronavirus pandemic. But before we get started, I just wanted to, uh, you know, not be insensitive and really just kind of acknowledge what is going on in the United States and uh, and across the world as, as it pertains to Racism and police brutality following the death of uh, George Floyd uh, as he was murdered by Minneapolis police officers. Uh, although I am a white Caucasian male, I do live in Canada. Um, just because those two factors are true does not mean uh, that I believe I should be silent uh, in a time like this. And I just wanted to start off the podcast by saying uh, that I sympathize Uh, with those African-Americans and those around the world, uh, no matter what race or what ethnicity you are, what age, what gender, uh, I am sympathetic and hope that we can move forward and eliminate all racism from society uh, in the form of police brutality, in the form of judging one another. And although this year has been Uh, an absolute tragic uh, year on a number of different fronts. Uh, I believe that at least now we can start to have a real conversation and start to really realize how much really needs to be changed to get to the place that we need to be where people of all ethnicities can live in harmony and in peace and be equals. And uh, I I felt like it was necessary for me to uh, condemn and state just how much that I am uh, against police brutality and how much I uh, encourage everybody to strive to fight towards uh, equality amongst all genders, all races. Uh, And that can be done, obviously, by, you know, uh, learning yourself about the history uh, of black oppression, uh, being able to donate uh, to a bunch of great causes out there that are, you know, looking to uh, supplement, uh, some of the things that are going on, some of the, and that's a lot of what I've done is donate to, uh, places like Re- Reclaim the Block, uh, the George Floyd Fund, the NCAAP, uh, things of that nature. And, uh, and also just to listen, uh, just to listen to your, your peers who are African American, listen to their struggles, listen to what they have to go through every day and come to a better understanding of why it is that, we are experiencing the things that we are experiencing today in the forms of anger and riots and all of that, uh, all of that stuff. It's, it's, it's all for a reason. Uh, and so I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll just end it there by saying, uh, I, uh, I'm so much against, uh, what is going on right now in the forms of police brutality and overall black oppression and racism. And I hope that we can get to a place where that no longer exists in the world Obviously in America, but in the world as well, because just just because this is happening in the United States does not mean it does not exist in Canada, and uh, I've seen it, you know, firsthand. Um, so as much as uh, some people in the U.S. might believe this is a U.S. Uh, issue, this is a this is a world issue, and so uh, I, I I stand uh, with those opposing police brutality, opposing racism, and hopefully we can get to uh, a place one day where we can unite and be. Uh, And live in harmony where everyone is seen as equals. I just thought I should address that before we get started here today. So the NBA's plan here, tough transition here, but the NBA's plan to return uh, was approved by 29 of the 30 uh, teams uh, with Portland being the only one that opposed it. I think they wanted to see a little bit of a different format that I'm going to describe to you right now, but 29 of 30 is pretty good and we're going to get into uh, all of the minute details, not all of them but the main ones that uh, you know are necessary uh, for you to understand just how you know kind of complex this was for the NBA to implement and uh, all the different factors that they had to take into account before uh, continuing with this uh, with the with the rest of the NBA season. So here it is the season is going to start uh, on July 31st. And the final game, Game 7 of the NBA Finals, will happen on October 12th. So October 12th will be the very last day of the season. And obviously if the Finals goes uh, doesn't go to a Game 7, I should say, it will end even prior to October 12th. But October 12th is the last day of the season. All the games, regular season and playoffs, will be played on a neutral site in uh, Orlando, Florida at Walt Disney there will be eight regular season games before the start of the playoffs and 22 teams will be invited to participate in finishing the remainder of the season. So those teams include the top eight teams in the East, the top eight teams in the West and New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Washington. And the and the reason these teams were selected is because uh, the league felt that we should invite all the teams... Who are within six games of the eight seed to come to come back and you know have a chance to fight to get into the playoffs, and they've got even a little bit of a further incentive for those teams to play as well. So there's also going to be a potential play-in tournament between the eight seed and the nine seed, uh, with the eight seed having double elimination and the nine seed will have single elimination. So this play-in tournament will only occur if the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed in either conference. So, if, you know, let's say, you know, Washington is within, you know, four games of uh, Orlando, uh, then that means they're going to play a, you know, a kind of a, a play-in tournament, essentially, where uh, Orlando, being the 8th seed, would only have to win one game to get uh, into the playoffs and keep their seed and Washington would have to win two games against Orlando for them to be in the eight seed. So it gives the 8th seed a little bit of an advantage to be able to claim their spot and also gives incentive for the nine seed to say, hey, we can actually still make it into the playoffs here uh, if we beat this uh, this team two games in a row. So that, again, will only happen if the 9th seed is within four games of the eight seed. Um, so getting into a little bit more of granular stuff. So players and coaches are going to be allowed to, you know, golf, you know, eat outdoors uh, in Disney restaurants. Uh, they're also, but they're also going to be required to maintain, you know, social distancing. Masks are recommended, all that sort of stuff. And this is described as a campus environment. So if you've ever been to a, uh, you know, a university campus. Uh, You know, I went to Ryerson University, so obviously I've got a good idea of what that means. It's a campus environment, so you'll see people all over the place. Um, But again, maintaining social distancing is the key here. Uh, as for the playoff reseeding, there's no decision on that right now. None that I have seen. Uh, but there is certainly a possibility of the one uh, to sixteen reseeding uh, in the playoffs, and there's also a possibility that they just uh, continue with the one to eight format in the East and the West as well. But I haven't seen anything about any reseeding going on as of right now. There's obviously going to be no fans in the arena, so there will be no fans uh, uh, in the arena as the, as teams play these games. And so here we go. So training camp is going to start June 30th, uh, and the team, and teams will travel to Orlando July 7th. Uh, the 2019-20 season obviously starts July 31st. The NBA draft is going to occur October 15th, so three days after Game 7 of the NBA Finals is when the NBA draft occurs, and free agency is October 18th. So six days after Game 7 of the NBA Finals, free agency is going to start. And for the 2020-2021 season, the target is to have November 10th as the date for training camp and December 1st. Opening night with that date remaining fluid, and from recent reports, uh, Michelle Roberts uh, of the, uh, you know, kind of one of the leaders along with Chris Paul of the NBA Players Association and the league do not necessarily seem to be on the same page on this December first opening night date. uh, I'm guessing with the belief that it's too short a turnaround to end the season uh, October 12th and to start the season December 1st, Um, and I believe that to be the case as well. So uh, I. Firmly believe that that December 1st date will be, you know, pushed back closer to around Christmas time. But again, we'll have to see how that works. Uh, that's a fluid date, that December 1st date. But that's the date as of right now. So uh, Brian Windhorse actually released an article as well saying, you know, the primary reason uh, 22 teams were chosen is money. Uh, he, he states in the ESPN ESPN article, if the remaining 259 regular season games had been canceled. The players were facing a $645 million dollar uh, loss in salary, and by adding 88 games back into that schedule, uh, the schedule reduces the collective salary loss by 300 million. So it's a $300 million dollar you know savings here, which is probably why those extra six teams were brought back uh, into uh, into play here. Um, And we'll talk about, you know, the balance between safety and money in a second here. But that obviously has something to do with what is going on here. And uh, those couple extra play-in games also will matter as well uh, uh, regarding uh, what's going on there uh, in terms of financials. So the NBA plans to have daily Uniform coronavirus testing for everyone who was within the bubble. So players and uh, personnel, teams, coaches, uh, trainers, training staff, uh, and anybody uh, with uh, the team or the players will be tested daily. Um, But the league is not expected to stop play because of a positive test. Instead, the NBA will isolate that player and continue to monitor their surrounding colleagues. An outbreak within a team... If several players or staff members test positive, would prove more problematic and could force a reevaluation of the system. So, as you can see by this statement here from Brian Windhorst in that ESPN article, the league doesn't necessarily have a plan to, uh, you know, kind of reprimand or kind of, you know, react on the spot if a team or uh, a large amount of members of that team test positive for coronavirus. They're kind of crossing their fingers at this point and saying, we just hope this doesn't happen. Uh, cause right now we're going to have to, you know, just kind of adjust on the fly. If we find out a large percentage of a team, uh, has tested positive. So it doesn't seem like they have anything in place to, uh, you know, go forward. Should that happen? Um, Going forward here, the NBA is expected to allow 35 people from each team to travel to Orlando. So, obviously, the 14- to 15-man roster, the coaching staff, the training staff, and then possibly, you know, your GMs, your owners, and then maybe some, you know, family members, you know, kind of in between here and there, possibly, you know, some scouts, whatever, you know, whatever that team chooses to use as their 35. um, That's how it's going to be. And the final point here is, There's a long list of 2020-2021 financial and competitive issues for the league and the union to collectively bargain, including the calendar. While it is expected that there will be a full 82-game regular season, it is still unknown if the season will be played without fans. Not being able to do so will cost the league billions in revenue. So that is the entire plan, um, you know, kind of picked out from a bunch of different places, uh, such as uh, you know Adrian Wojnarowski, Brian Windhorst, Bobby Marks, etc. And so, judging this plan here, you know, overall, uh, first off, I'm gonna say that I think it the NBA was tasked with an incredibly difficult uh, endeavor here to get the league back up and running, crown a champion this season. And to do it in a, a state here where there's a lot of variables that have to be jumped over and really taken into account here. First of all, the safety of players uh, and associate personnel of these teams uh, is factor number one. We have to take that into account uh, that that is the most important thing. But it's not the only thing, unfortunately, You know, for the league at this point. It's also, you know, making up some of that, you know, that lost revenue uh, that we're going to see for the rest of the season. Uh, we've also have, uh, you know, the TV contracts. Uh, are those going to be fulfilled? How does that work, uh, you know, uh, exactly for, you know, the teams and their TV deals and how some of them are already going to be able to fulfill uh, all of the games that you know were promised in those contracts, and then obviously the sal- the salary cap, the player salaries, you know that's got to be taken into account. Are we going to pay them for a full season? Uh, because obviously, you know, some games didn't necessarily get played. That's got to be taken into account. Uh, and you know, a big th- and a big thing is next season. You know, we're now, you know, we're now. What's today? June fifth. June fifth. We would be starting the finals. You know today, and now we have to wait two months before we even start the rest of the regular season. So now next season is going to have an impact pushback, you know. Against that, are we going to have a full regular season? The, the start date for next season has now been pushed back. Does that mean we're going to have a shortened season? Well, according to Brian Windhorse here, it seems like we're not. 82 game regular season is expected, um, so that has to be taken into account. And then not just that, but the NBA draft and free agency, and uh, and not just that, but um now we're we're talking about, you know, percentage uh, uh the way, you know, max contracts are or even regular max contracts and rookie scale contracts in the NBA are done as a percentage of the cap. We've talked about this before, 25% max, 30 and 35% max. Now, what 25, 30 and 35% of the salary cap is going to be is much different than it was, you know, last season. So, Players are going to get paid, you know, substantially less. Uh, does that maybe impact where they want to sign in free agency this season? Maybe you want to go to a place now with no state income tax. Maybe you're looking to a go to a place where you can get more endorsements if you're a star, or you know, uh, more playing time, especially if you're not going to be able to show a uh, uh, sign a short-term deal and you're not going to be able to show you know, as much if you're not going to be able to play, you know, as much games and stuff like that. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of things that go into restarting the season. And I think all in all, I think the NBA has done a pretty good job here. Uh, I don't think it would have been smart to bring back all 30 teams, and they recognize that. They didn't do that uh, this time around. They only brought back 22. And I honestly, I would have even been happy with 20. You know, if you take out, you know, Washington and uh, either Sacramento or Phoenix or make and make this 20 teams. I don't think too many people are going to be upset. But again, it's uh, that extra, you know, little uh, few dollars of games that you're going to get here, which is why, you know, 22 teams were chosen. It's the balance of how much risk in terms of safety uh, and someone contracting COVID-19 can we afford versus how much money are we willing to try and extract out of the rest of the season while we still got it well we're, we're doing a little kind of scale on both sides here how uh, how much risk versus reward are you willing to take and I think 22 I think 22 teams uh, with eight games eight regular season games and playing the rest of the playoffs is about uh, right in terms of risk reward I don't necessarily have too many problems there um, I think uh, I like the idea of the, you know the play in tournament it's a good um, it's a good year to experiment with that sort of thing on a low scale level where the the nine seed will play the eight seed if they're within four games so now you know even though some of these teams you know Phoenix Sacramento San Antonio Portland New Orleans and Washington even though they might not necessarily be you know close to the eighth seed uh they're gonna have a chance to just get within four games some of these teams might be thinking and then we got a shot to be able to to play our way into the playoffs and go from there. So there is an incentive for these for these uh, other six teams that aren't in the playoffs to play, which is good. It does create some excitement here. Uh, I like that as well. Um, and I think, um, oh, you know, obviously the, the December 1st open date for the 2020-2021 season, that seems real early to me. That seems really tough to have Game 7 on October 12th and to turn around and in less than two months... We're going to be starting. Uh, uh, we're going to be starting play again on December first. I gotta believe that date's going to be pushed back. I think I have. If there's anything that I do have a problem with, it's that December first opening night date. I think that that's too soon. Uh, I think uh, turnaround for players is going to be tough to be able to get back. You know, into game shape and stuff like that. You know, and November tenth is the training camp. So if you're playing in the finals in Game Seven of the finals, October twelfth uh you're less than a month later you're starting next season uh in in terms of actually going to training camp so that's tough that's really short turnaround too short uh for my liking i think they should push it back a little bit uh i do like that the league was able to uh you know kind of uh, pin down daily testing for uh everybody in this campus environment i think that that was the only way that you could continue the season is if you have readily available testing on the go uh with no complaints whatsoever mandatory daily testing to ensure that everybody uh here uh is not contracting the virus and uh and doesn't know it as as we all know with this virus that is the big problem is that you can go up to 14 days without any symptoms and not and be you know uh and be spreading it and not even know you have it. So to be able to do that daily, I think is very important. Good for the league to nail that down. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's really, you know, kind of all I got here. Uh, We're going to have to see uh, how the rest of this works, how the, how the situation responds. Now let's see how the, you know, the NBA has done a great job. Like I, like I've said, putting together this plan here, given all the, uh, all the different variables that they had to navigate. But let's see what happens when they are hit with a real hurdle, when someone does get coronavirus. Like, let's say, you know, here, here's a here's a great example, okay? Uh, you know, Terrence Davis of the Toronto Raptors gets coronavirus, okay? Is he going to be treated the same way as if James Harden of the Houston Rockets gets coronavirus? Are they both going to be required to isolate for 14 days? What if James Harden gets uh, coronavirus in the middle of the finals? You know? Like... Are we going to say, OK, pardon, you're out. Sorry, you have to be treated. And I think the answer is yes. I think you have to treat the stars the exact same way as the role players. Like this is this is not an NBA specific uh, thing where, you know, you're refereeing, you know, two different players different. No, 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 no. This is a virus that can kill uh, people if they are. Exposed to it, so everybody needs to be treated the same. So I don't care if you're LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you know Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, or if you're uh, you know Boyan Bogdanovich or you know Royce O'Neal or Terrence Davis or uh, plug in Mo Bamba, pl- plug in any role player you like. They the stars and the role players are going to get treated the exact same, and that's how it should be. And uh, you know, I I hope that it doesn't happen. Well, first of all, we don't hope, we hope nobody gets coronavirus. Let's start with that. But I really hope that if it does happen, and let's hope it doesn't. But if it does, that it is not going to uh, further impact the NBA champion this season, to which we're going to have to scream asterisk as so many people have done even before this has started. And I think I listened to Zach Lowe's podcast with Adrian Wojnarowski on this, and I think he made a good point. I think that whoever comes out, you know, barring anything crazy, like a star player getting coronavirus or any injuries or anything like that, if we can get through a healthy season here with no, uh, you know, crazy, you know, coronavirus cases or, you know, crazy injuries, you know, we're going to cross our fingers that that doesn't happen. And if it doesn't, I think that the this year's champion should actually there should be an asterisk in the good way that that team was able to persevere through all these circumstances you know the the playing on a neutral site the taking the 3 months off the, you know coming back hitting their striding being able to uh you know beat all of the best teams who went under the exact same circumstances and come out on top despite all of these different uh hurdles that they had to jump over in order to win the championship i think that if there are no coronavirus cases, to star players or role players or freak injuries, that the winner of this year's NBA playoffs and NBA champion will be uh, uh, will be put on a pedestal as opposed to taken down with an asterisk. I that was the, a thought originally portrayed by Zach Lowe, and I tend to agree with him. I think that that is a very astute thought, and I think I uh, I think I agree with his sentiments uh, in terms of that. Another thing here I want to talk about is, you know, we've got a lot of coaches who are on the older side here. Uh, Alvin Gentry, Greg Popovich, uh, uh, Mike D'Antoni, you know, some of the owners uh, as well. None of them come to mind uh, at the moment, but some of these uh, owners uh, may want to be there are on the older side. And as we know, this virus uh, is more prone to be uh, more lethal and uh, more dangerous towards the elder population, uh, 65 and older to be exact, which we know some of these coaches and possibly some of even these assistant coaches are. How are they going to be treated? Uh, are they going to be treated different than other coaches? And we, they, this conversation, excuse me, really has been had by Adam Silver. They talked about this with Adrian Wojnarowski and I believe um, Mike D'Antoni even had a quote on this. Uh, specifically, basically saying that, uh, you know, all coaches, you know, really should be treated uh, the exact same. Uh, actually, uh, let's get Alvin Gentry's first. Uh, Alvin Gentry said, at the end of the day, they're the league. They're going to make the choice. I think it's unfair if that's what they're doing. I understand that the the risk I'm taking uh, if I do get into it, but hell, I want to be with my team and do my job. That's what they hired me for. So that's one, uh, that's, that's one kind of angle uh, where – uh, Alvin Gentry says, look, if I got to do the whole mass thing, then I got to do the mass thing. Um, uh, Mike D'Antoni and Alvin Gentry actually shared agent Warren Liguerre. And he said he's, uh, Warren Liguerre said he's worried about the stigmas getting assigned to older, co- older coaches with the pro- possible protocol. So this is this is something that they're going to have to monitor here uh, if you are uh, the NBA. Are some coaches going to wear masks uh, and others don't have to. Like, how is that going to work exactly? That's kind of a little bit of a gray area that I don't think the NBA has necessarily addressed yet. Uh, I think it's at this point it's probably good to be on the safer side uh, of things. I don't think that uh, um, you know the stigma of being a little bit older you know kind of outweighs the safety of those coaches in my opinion and why not just make all coaches bear it i mean i don't think you're hurting anybody uh you know by doing that in my opinion so i think that uh has something to do with it as well and uh you know we'll, we'll, we'll kind of finish it off there i don't really want to go too too long here i think about you know we're just uh about 26 minutes in here. And, uh, you know, overall, I think the NBA did a good job here. I still think that there's some curveballs that are going to be thrown at them that they're going to need to, you know, kind of think on their feet and react accordingly. But overall, I think the NBA has done a solid job here putting together a plan, give it all the different circumstances uh, that we've talked about. And, uh, oh, yeah, you know what? There was one other thing. Um, the, 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 the idea of home court advantage. There was a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, a thing put out, I think it was by uh, a Dave McMenamin who was saying uh, like a lot of different like th- things to, you know, kind of replicate home court on these neutral sites. There was things that were talked about like the teams being able to pick their own hotels. We were talking about a designated player getting a seventh foul instead of six, you know, in the game. There was talk about even an extra coaches challenge. Uh, possibly bringing the the court uh, and their home logo onto uh, the floor to kind of uh, you know kind of replicate what could be home court advantage there was a lot of different uh, things being thrown out there to see what exactly how we could uh, you know kind of replicate home court advantage here uh, as you know the, the teams that played in the regular season, You know, fought for home court advantage throughout the playoffs, and obviously they're trying to replicate that. So that's again one of those curveballs. Like, how are you going, you know, to manage that if they're going to do anything at all? Uh, And so that's something that needs to be thought about as well. Personally, uh, as long as we're not getting too crazy, I don't wanna, I don't wanna touch the game itself. I don't want somebody getting a seventh foul. I don't want an extra coach's challenge. Uh, That that basically gives. Room for fans to scream asterisk. Then that's what we want to avoid if we're going to play the season out. No, we don't want to give anybody an idea that hey, this is uh this this makes this season unfair because of X Y and Z. You know, I don't want a player getting a sixth foul. You know, in a crucial in a crucial game uh, in the playoffs and being able to stay in the game because that player was designated a seventh foul or something like that. Or the one the one coach got an extra coach's challenge and he was able to use it, use that second coach's challenge to be able to overturn turn a crucial call that went his way that caused the, his team to win the game uh, in a crucial game 5 or a game 6 or whatever it is. I don't want any of that. Like that's that to me is just giving room for fans to scream asterisk and I am I'm here to eliminate all of that stuff. I don't want to hear any of that. So, if you want to, you know, bring your court uh, and put it on, you know, the home court to feel like you're playing on your home floor. I'm all for that. You want to pick your hotels, uh, which hotel you want to stay at? Fine, I'm cool with it. But as long as we're not actually impacting the game itself, I'm um, for anything you want to do to try and replicate, uh, you know, home court advantage. That's that's totally cool with me. So I think actually that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up today uh i'd love to hear what you guys think what do you think of this uh uh you know regular season and playoff uh you know implementation and uh, some of the things that they're trying well would you have done anything different uh how would you have you know kind of set this up to be uh you know the best way that the nba could have done it uh possible you know balancing safety and revenue and all that sort of stuff and is there anything that you would like to see that got implemented or is there something that got implemented that you wouldn't like to see? I'd love to hear all of it from you guys. We've been without NBA for so long and I, uh, and I just want to hear what you guys have to think about this. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, Obviously you can follow on uh, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, Isoball, Isoball podcast and uh, subscribe and uh, rate five stars on Apple podcasts or uh, just download and uh, give your review, give your comments on any, uh, any of the other platforms you listen to, Uh, podcasts on Uh, love to hear your feedback thanks so much for listening and uh, the NBA is starting soon so we'll see you then before we finish here I just wanted to state just one last time that if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem so be a part of the solution stand up use your voice to oppose black oppression condemn police brutality and let the world know that people of all races are meant to be treated as equals. So thank you to all of the brave African-American men and women out there who continue to fight for their rights and to fight to end racism. We love you, we support you, and we want you to know Black Lives Matter.